0: And we're off, what's going on, this is uh, the second episode of Skinny, unfortunately I am recording in my bedroom, Uh, normally I do record out in the dining room uh, due to ISO, but uh, the family home, so therefore all of it has to be recorded in here uh, for this episode. This episode is actually going to be different than the first one. I actually had somebody come up to me, not come, up, he reached out to me uh, after the the first episode. He uh, he actually reached out, uh, David Yak. He's an up and coming comedian. Uh, he he reached out and he, um, he said he enjoyed the first episode, uh, but he he wishes that I could do an episode uh, in which I talk about my comedy, how I started, uh, and and the process. Uh, that I went through, um, so yeah, I think this episode's gonna be about that, so, uh, but I don't, want, I don't want it to be like uh, me saying, oh, my journey, man, on my journey through comedy, man, I haven't done the hard, because I haven't, I haven't done the hard yards, uh, but having said that, and I don't want this to come off as a brag, uh, but I've been doing comedy for four years, but I've accomplished a certain amount of stuff, you know what I mean? I've done some shit. Uh I've done a lot in these in these four years. Uh sorry for the sniff. But yeah. I uh so let's get into it. I uh it's actually four years ago on the twenty fourth of March. Uh so it was my fourth year anniversary essentially. Uh only a few weeks ago. I uh I uh, I did the school of hard knock knocks. Shout out to the school of hard knock knocks. Um I, I I entered a competition. I won for free, and it pretty much allowed me to do this comedy school for free. Uh, it was like a like a four five hundred dollar four five hundred dollar podcast that others had to pay for. Uh, fellow comedians like uh, Matt O'Neill, uh, another comedian on the comedy scene, he is a regular. Uh, but he did the, the same course as me but he had to pay like the cuck he is, um, yeah, so I did that, uh, it was March 2016, and it was, I was, I was right in the start of uni, and then, uh, a couple months of, like, not doing gigs, I did, like, a couple of normal open mics, not, like, comedy open mics, I, uh, I actually went out and did standard open mics, I, uh, at a, at a, at a cafe called, uh, uh, Miss Fitzy's in, in St Kilda I did an open mic there I just did stand up in between a couple of singers I uh, did the Brunny on a Wednesday not on a Monday back uh, when Funny and the Brunny was going shout outs to Funny and the Brunny uh, and yeah I was doing a few open mics here and there I remember uh, I reached out to Spleen <laughs> this is, would have been like 3 or 4 months in the comedy probably not even, probably less and uh, I reached out to Spleen and I messaged the page, I said, Hey how how do I get a spot here? And he's like, How many gigs have you done? I said ten. And uh he he didn't respond. Uh which is fair, Carl Chandler, and uh, that's fair of him to do. Uh but yeah, then I uh I started doing the grind, uh so I like finding the open mics. Uh Peter Jones, uh shout out to Peter Jones, he actually uh he he uh, hooked me up with the the Melbourne comedy scene Facebook page, uh, and he he was just about to start running Friday Voltaire of Mike with the Splinter Comedy Boys, and uh, he uh, yeah. But before that, I was doing like gigs at uh, Station Fifty Nine back when it was in Richmond, which is uh, Highlander now, but it used to be Station Fifty Nine, which was a real weird room and that's where I met some comics like Blaze White and uh, and Jared Goundry and Billy Styles uh, mates of mine now who uh, I consider good mates uh, who I'd hang out with outside comedy mates who I've gone on regional tours with uh, especially Billy and Jared who I took with me to my regional tour of, of my show Wildcard uh, so I got to meet some of them uh through station fifty nine and then I uh I started going through the UF Mic circuit, started doing a few of mics. Uh a funny story, my first ever first ever paid gig. I don't know if remember when it would have been like late twenty sixteen, early twenty seventeen. It was a, uh, I keep touching my face. <clears throat> uh my apologies for the sniff. But uh, it was a gig run by Duff, Duff Greenfield, Sophie Prince, and a few others, I can't remember who, uh, it was so long ago, and, it was a gig called Comedy at the Mechanics, and I remember, uh, I did a gig with Duff, Duff Greenfield, and, uh, he said he liked my comedy, he, he hit me up on Facebook, he said, hey man, I thought you were very funny the other night at Station 59, uh, would you like to come do a spot at Comedy at the Mechanics, uh, we pay all the comedians, uh, and he he said it's not much. Uh, we split the door with the comedians. I was like, that's what's up. You know, the first pay gig, man. This is gonna be it. This is this is the beginning. You know, uh, and I was very excited. I was very very excited. Uh, I then took work off that day. Uh, I I asked for work off. I I booked a room in a hostel (laughs) that night, Uh, I booked a a room in a hostel, which cost about 35 bucks, I took a shift off, uh, I was working at Hungry Jack's at the time, that would have been about 90 to 100 bucks, Uh, and I travelled into the city, to do this gig, at the mechanics, not realising that, there was about 14 on the lineup. it was a, but the lineup back then would have been: it was me, uh, Duff, Sophie, uh, Eurydice Dixon, uh, Eve Ellenbogen, uh, Gabe Hogan. Uh, just a real uh, great lineup of, of some, some of Melbourne's uh, uh, best up-and-coming comedians. And it was a really good show, uh, but there was only about two or three punters. Uh, Mark Oshka was another one on the lineup. outs to Mark Oshka. Very funny man. And. Yeah, I did this this gig, and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, paid gig. I didn't know many people, so I just thought they were all audience members. Um, And I did this gig, and then afterwards, uh, Duff said, hey, man, we didn't get much at the door. Uh, Here's your payment for tonight, and he handed me five bucks. I was like, ah, five bucks. I've spent a lot of money to come out tonight to do this gig, and I've been given uh, five bucks. Uh, but I was like, first paid gig baby, this is it, this is the this is the start, uh, the, the start of something new, if we want to quote High School Musical in a time like this, um, and yeah, that was the first ever, first of uh, many paid gigs, uh, but starting out was very hard, a lot of people nowadays are like, trying to go so quick into comedy, uh, like I, I, run an open mic, run an open mic on a every Wednesday, pr- uh, pre COVID nineteen, um, but the thing about running an open mic is I get to see some of, the, uh, nearly all of the open micers who can, who come onto the scene, and it's great. It's good to see, all of these these kids coming up, people my age, people even older who are starting comedy. I've seen some, some older men. shouts, like Cavey, uh is older and he's he's very funny, um. You know, there's uh then there's young people, uh people as young as nineteen. Liam Riley, coming up, he's been doing it for just over a year. You know, all these all these different ages of comedians. But uh, the tendency of most comedians now is uh they have a tendency to rush into things. Uh, they 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 rush into things now, and they they try to they try to do jokes. That you see the greats doing, you know, topics that you see the greats doing. And I, I have a habit now. Uh, obviously, I do yeah. the same, but I've been doing it for nearly four and a half years. So I'm only slowly, the last like 12 months, I've only started doing edgier jokes, you know what I mean? But people are starting out and just go bang. And look, some of the jokes are great. Some of the jokes uh, that they are doing are very funny. Some of them are like, oh, come on, man. Like, just maybe tone it down a bit uh but then they're also they're also not familiar to the grind to the hustle that i had to i am still technically doing uh but when I first started and uh and other comedians above us would have obviously done you know Tom Ballard would travel three hours. Uh, just to come do a gig from Warnable all the way to Melbourne, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's Peter Jones would travel from Ballarat. There's comedians who would travel just to get some five to ten minutes of stage time. Uh, and I, 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 would travel an hour and a half every night. Uh, I'd finish work at Hungry Jacks. Uh, not a real job, but it was still work. Uh, and then I would try, uh come in on the train and I would come work and uh. I'd do a gig, and I'd get on late, I'd always go on late, Uh, that's how it works, and then I'd have to fucking make the hike all the way back home, and get on at at like 1 o'clock in the morning for the next day, and uh, that was the fucking work, man, and uh, now comedians are all like, can I go on early, man, or can I go on early, or why am I put on late, it's like, you need to learn that this is how it goes, you know what I mean, it's not us being cunts, it's just... You gotta work. You gotta work. You gotta respect the hustle, respect the grind, Uh, and see. I remember when I first started, when I was doing Voltaire, uh, Voltaire, open mic on a Friday. I was always near the end of the third bracket. I, I remember quite frankly, I was always a third bracket comedian, and the last few comics of the night would always be me. Isaac Jones, Logan Phillips, and Sam Gebrselassie. Uh, Three other brilliant comics. I know Logan Phillips doesn't do comedy anymore. Uh, He he got out. But he was a very, very smart writer before he left. And Sam is a very smart, very, very, very smart, and very funny uh, comedian. And and Isaac Jones, one of my closest mates in comedy, very funny, uh, very, uh, very... Animated, uh, but there was the four of us, and we would uh, we would have bets. Uh, particularly Isaac Jones and I, we would have bets on who's gonna go on like a higher lower scale. So like who's gonna be higher in the third bracket and who's gonna be lower. Uh, and yet yeah, because we we always knew we're gonna be put on last, and then we'd be performing to like four people. I think Peter Murphy also would be in that. As well, and sometimes if Peter Murphy made the trek, we'd perform to his two children, uh, which was a lot of fun. But yeah, it was always the the uh, the late night eleven o'clock slots at Friday at Voltaire. You'd have the regular MCs like Roland Hoffman and, and Nick Kwan, people who you see get regular gigs now. Uh, was always the the MCs, and it was uh, it was disheartening, but it was the effort. You know what I mean. And I remember thinking fuck this is this gonna be worth it you know uh is this is this gonna be worth it in the long run and and it did it, it, it is worth it you know like now I was in the fur bracket for as long as possible and then I remember I did raw comedy in in 2018 uh, i I did raw comedy in 2018 and uh, when I first did raw like the, I did my heat, I uh, I didn't get, I didn't advance that day, and I was like, man, fuck! I, I practiced this set for so long, and, um, and then I got wild carded. Hence, why my show was going to be called Wild Card, and uh, I got wild card the next round. And I remember just keep going and going and going and going, and uh, just kept advancing. And then I did the national final, and uh, and I came uh, runner up international final. And the best thing. One of the best things about that. Not the fact that I got to perform on TV. And got to. People finally knew who I was. Uh, it was that I was no longer in that third bracket baby. I remember the Friday after I signed up. For Raw. Uh, for Voltaire. And uh, was. Last in the second bracket. Because. You move up in the world. But. Um. Yeah. I started to to do more booked gigs. I was hustling hard. Um The problem is, my advice would be to hit up as many as many room runners as possible and be like, How can I get a gig here? Uh what do I gotta do to get a gig like that? Uh you know, like how can I possibly get any gigs like this? And uh but the thing is most room runners do not reply, and it's pretty bad, Uh, with Dirty Secrets, I know we're not a proper booked gig, uh, but I will always reply to a comedian who goes, how can I get a spot, I said, don't worry man, I got you, you know what I mean, always, and uh, especially with the up and coming comedians, I want to try and get as many up and coming comedians, because I know what it's like to still want gigs, you know, still have that hunger for stage time, But the thing is, my advice is to always keep messaging. I know most of them don't reply, most of them are stuck up. That's how it is. That's Melbourne. You know, Melbourne, I've realised, is very clicky. Uh, It's pretty blasphemous to say, but Melbourne is fucking clicky. Uh, It's all who you know, not what you can do. I know there's some of the fucking funniest comedians in Melbourne. Like Matt O'Neill. Matt O'Neill is one of the best comedians in Melbourne, in my opinion, one of the best. He's open for fucking Steve Hughes at the Athenaeum for his special. Has message room runners. Cannot get a gig, and it's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, you just got to keep asking, you got to keep hustling, you got to uh, do gigs and stay at the gig. I have the tendency of leaving, uh, because I live decent amount of uh, travel away. But if you live in Melbourne or you live near Melbourne, stick around, man. Support the fucking room. There's a room, uh, free comedy Highlander. They fucking nail it perfectly, man. Shout outs to Kieran Butler and Blaze White. They do cop a lot of a lot of shit from the uh, the comedy com- the set a stroke. They cop a lot of shit from the comedy scene, but they run a fucking great room. The system of that room is what more open mics need to be fucking, uh, you know, employing into their into their work. You got to fucking have an open mic, put fucking up-and-coming comedians on, give them stage time, let them say whatever they want, let them learn, you know, how to read a room, make sure the comedians sit in the audience, so if there's not many punters, not many audience members in the room, have comedians sit in the fucking room, man, make the other comedians, the problem with comedy now, uh, and this is a problem that I've, I've figured out pretty early, is uh, open mics, this is what happens, people get on stage and there's not many audience members, and like, oh man, nobody's listening to me, but everyone in the crowd, or in the back of the room is going, oh man, I can't just wait to get onto that stage, and perform my set, yeah, I'm not listening to the guy that's on stage, fuck, I hope they listen to me, and then they get on, and go, oh man, this is dog shit, fuck, oh, good to be at this gig, this gig, oh, this is real good, it's like, yeah, because you're not putting any fucking effort in, you know what I mean, like, maybe, maybe show some respect, to the craft that you're doing and to the, to the gig that you're at, to to the room runners who are putting you on at 11 o'clock at night so you can own your shit, you know, and that's the problem with, there's, there's so much high expectation and lack of opportunity, uh, lack of opportunity that it just means that there's so much clash with, uh, with comedians and it's, it's, it's not how it should be. I, I go to Sydney every, every few months I have, uh, I have a deal where I go to Sydney, do some paid gigs, do some MCing gigs, do some open mics, uh, just visit some family, just have a fucking a couple of weeks off. And every time I go to Sydney, their fucking comedy scene is the best. All their gigs are great. Their open mic skip punters, uh, their open mic comedians support each other. Their normal comedians support each other. I was at an open mic, and like upper up and comers were in the same atmosphere, in the same like vicinity of up and uh, of, uh, of bigger comics, and they're all just interacting, all just having a good time, because they all know they're there for one purpose, to get on that stage, and make sure that, whether it's one punter, or 12 punters, fucking love that show, even 100 punters, there's no difference between two, and 200, you know what I mean, you put on a fucking show, and that's why Sydney's so great, because they know the hustle, they respect the art, and they all work together, but Melbourne, it's a bit different, I know I took a bit of a tangent there, a bit of a rant, but I think you should be messaging as many room runners as possible, who are open to book. I know they're not gonna, they might not put you on, they might put their friends on. You may see a Melbourne lineup, you go, fuck it, what well, a bunch of gubbers, you know, like why is it just the same gubbers on every fucking time? All these, uh, these, it's the same fucking comedians who you you may not find funny, you may not find funny. I don't, I don't find most of Melbourne comedians funny, but they get on the lineup because they're friends. That's how social networking is. That's why with Dirty Secrets and uh, and Apartment Comedy, all these other rooms, it's good to find your own social network. That's my next part. Of, next advice is uh, is find a click, find a social network group. You know, go to a gig, speak to these comedians. Apartment Comedy is perfect for it. They sit at the front, or they sit in on the side, and they we all just, we, including myself, we all just sit there. We just have a chat. We just muck around, have some bit of banter. Uh, just all muck around and shit, and it's just real fucking fun. And if you join that group, and just interact, we're gonna. Be like, what's your name, bro? What's what's your name? And then we have a chat. Then they get up on stage. Like, man, you're pretty funny. You want to come to a spot? Uh, we can we can put you on a book spot. We can put you on earlier if you want. If you sign up, I'll put you earlier. And I've done that—a dirty secret—so often. If I've enjoyed somebody's set, I go, man, I'm gonna put you on earlier. Uh. So if you if you know you're not gonna get. Bought gigs early on which you're not it's the hard facts unless you're really fucking good or you know or you're friends with the room runners you're not gonna get on early Uh, just fucking hustle in the open mic scene you just gotta go hard go hard as long as you can if you're gonna go on late that's fine if you're not on late support the room make sure that those other people who who are like you but starting a bit later fucking have an audience you know what I mean that's all that's all I would do when I first started was just fucking just go hard, try and get on every open mic, sign up for every open mic. Yeah, you're performing to no people, but that's the point. Whether It's sort of like talking to yourself when you practice at home. You know what I mean? If you are not got no audience members and you're just talking to yourself, you're still rehearsing that open mic. Uh, at that open mic, you're still rehearsing your bits. You're going to own your bit. So by the time you get to a normal audience uh, that's like a room that's full, That bit's ready to go. You've practiced it over and over and over. Gigs like Raw. You practice your five minutes. You you may not get that much of an audience. But if you practice it, and then you go to Raw, or go to a book gig, you do that set that you've practiced for over and over and over, and it crushes, you're going to feel like a fucking king. Uh. Shh. I've made the mistake of posting most of my comedy up online. And then people come to gigs or festival shows and they go, Ah, we've heard this bit before. My advice, record every gig. If you don't intend on doing a show, uh, by all means, post a great joke online. If you do intend on doing a show... Post fucking riffs and crowd work. If you... If you get a good fucking riff or a good audience... A uh, crowd interaction... Post that shit, man. Fucking post that shit. S- start a premise. You don't need a page straight away. Obviously, you don't need a fucking page... Uh, when you first start out. If you do, that's great. You know, get your friends in that. Get that... Uh... Your friends and family to like it. Get them to share it around. Comedians will like that page. Just so they can invite you to like your page. That's how it works. Uh... They will like your page and then invite you straight away. It's just how it works. Uh, but post content. Content's great. Uh, I think isolation, this COVID-19, this, this coronavirus is, has been good for that um, because it means that a lot of people are posting more content, uh, myself included. I've, I've gone all out on the TikTok game. Uh, I'll probably be releasing a, a clip of all my Australia's Got Talent material, seeing as that's part of my show that I'm not doing anymore. Uh, I'll probably put that up online, probably in the next day or so, maybe even tonight. Who knows? Um, yeah, post it. Content. You got to keep it going. Uh, I hope I've answered most of your questions, Dave. What else I want to say? Let me just let me get up his his question. Oh no, I would not be able to get that up. It's on my on my phone. He, he you you to me to. Explain co- my comedy journey. So, as an open mic comedian, I, I did the hustle. I did all that. I'd, I'd message room runners like Tim Hewitt and Luca Muller and Peter Jones. You know, message them. Ask them for a spot. It's not hard. If they don't give you a spot, that's fine. Do a gig. Make sure they know that you, uh, your name. Uh, raw comedy is great. Obviously, unfortunately, with no comedy festival, Raw comedy got discontinued, but... Uh, I was lucky enough to perform at a feature spot at one of the heats and I got to witness some of the up-and-coming comedians who I'm friends with now. who are Comedians who I thought, fuck, they're actually pretty good. Uh, and I've invited them down to Dirty Dirty Secrets. Uh, don't go into a comedy festival straight away. Use the comedy festival. My first year, first two years, I waited. I think if you wait... Do spots of mics next year during the comedy festival, uh, and then maybe in a year or two do a split show. Don't go into, Don't think. Oh fuck! I can do a fucking hour. No, don't Either do a split show or sign up for one of like those free comedy ones. With like Kieran Butler would we'll let you do a half an hour show. uh... They've got a great system for up and coming comedians. It's fucking fantastic. Basically, you register with them. You don't pay a large fee that the comedy festival would charge you. Uh, you have to fly. You're in like this hub sort of thing, uh, run by Kieran Butler and Blaze White, and you do uh, you do about half an hour of material. And it's like a strict format. You do half an hour. Next person comes in fifteen minutes later. Does half an hour. It's perfect. If you don't have half an hour, do about twenty minutes, twenty five minutes. If you don't run the light, that's even better. Uh, it just gives you an opportunity to have people come in for free, and then they pay how they feel to show it. It's just a uh, a bucket at the end or a card read, you know. And it's a great way for you to see if you're ready to do a festival show on your own. Uh, so I think that's possibly the best advice for any up-and-coming comedians. Uh, do a show, either a split or one of Kieran Butler's half-an-hour shows. Uh, highly recommend that. That's what I did when I first started. It's what I do during Melbourne Fringe. I'll probably do it, if, hopefully, if Melbourne Fringe runs again uh, this year. I'll do it again. I will uh, do a uh, half-an-hour of only new material. Uh what else? Uh, Raw, Comedy Festival. That's pretty much it. Now I, uh, I'll i probably do another episode where I talk about uh, Australia's Got Talent and black comedy. Probably do an episode about opportunities uh, and how I got those two, two, uh, two opportunities to perform on Australia's Got Talent and to, to star in black comedy. Uh, I'll probably do that in the next episode you know what fuck it next episode is going to be me talking about Australia's Got Talent and about black comedy might be a longer episode um, but yeah I, I, I wouldn't have got these opportunities to perform at these gigs if I didn't hustle you know if I didn't so many times I wanted to give up so many times I've gone why the fuck am I still doing comedy you know this is a fucking waste of time I dropped out of law school man I dropped out of law school, um, to do, to do comedy, I'll probably talk about that in the next episode as well, uh, and so many times, you go, fuck, why did I do this, and then I was like, well, I can't quit now, I've already fucking done the hours, you know what I mean, you don't get your 120 hours on your learners just to get your peas in for a couple of months and lose it, you know, then when you lose it, you're like, fuck, why did I even try, you know, work, it's so easy, um, So if any comedians now go, man, it's hard, this is shit, I can't get the gigs, don't worry, in about 6 to 12 months time, maybe even earlier, if you're really fucking good, there's going to be other comedians coming up, they're going to go on later than you, they're going to have the same fucking mindset, they're going to be like, oh man, I really want to do this, but like I can't get on at good times, Uh, why am I on last? And you're going to be thinking, fucking idiot, what's this guy whinging for? You know what I mean? Support the comedy. Support the craft. If You support the craft. Support the room. And write. Write your fucking ass off. I don't write comedy as much. My, my format is I think it's something funny. And then when I'm walking home, I flesh it out out loud. And then I'll go to an open mic with dot points and riff it into a bit. I just don't have the brain activity, my brain works in a different way, I can't sit down for long enough to read and write shit, it just doesn't work, um, it, it, I just get distracted, I've got a short attention span, so I, I, I my ideas and I, I riff them out, but if you write, fucking write man, write as much as you can, my best, best idea, and this is, um, I remember a comedian told me this when I first started, uh, I think it was Doug Chapel. Doug Chapel uh, told me this, uh, Write five minutes of material. When you have five minutes of great material, like a raw set, perfect for a raw heat, something you've practiced over and over and over, you know gets laughs, that's sick. Write another five minutes. Now you've got ten minutes of solid material. Not solid, but enough to get you some boot gigs. That's cool, man. You've now got ten minutes of great material. Right in over five minutes. Now you've got 15 minutes of material. 15 minutes of material. Now you're ready to do a decent spot. You can get a headline spot at Gorilla. Ask Paul Sharp one. do some open mics, do some, and then you get to book gigs, do some five minute book gigs, right? Yeah? Now you've got, uh, the, the, uh, now you're known by Paul Sharp and other room runners. They're like, shit, maybe we get him to MC come to me I put you on the MC my dirty secrets you do 10-15 minutes at the start these type of gigs man you have 15 minutes that's what's up guess what my bird's going off can you hear it I fucking hate that bird man I'm gonna kill that fucking bird anyway back to the thing you get another 5 minutes and you keep going until you got half an hour what did I say earlier about half an hour material do a split Do free comedy at Highlander You've got half an hour material Fucking own that shit yeah It's not hard You've now got half an hour And make sure that each And this is the advice that I got given Make sure that each five minutes Is ready Ready Not Oh there's some fluff in there No 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 no, no. Trim the fat Yeah Trim the fucking fat If it's not needed, cut it out Make it as punchy and as punchy as you possibly fucking can So that way you can go on Raw And you can have that fucking uh, laughs per per second The laughs per minute You know, to be real fucking high So that way you've got solid five minutes Don't go, I've got a five minute set Where I'm playing to the back of the room Like most fucking Melbourne comics tend to fucking do They play to the back of the room They make sure that their mates laughing at the back of the room And the audience members are thinking We don't get any of these fucking jokes Nah, none of that Make sure that you've got five minutes that you can do consistently to an audience. You may be sick of that joke, but if the audience consistently laughed, sweet. Do it of another five minutes, and another five minutes, and another five minutes, and another five minutes. So David Yak and, uh, and any other comedians, David Yak, who uh, reached out to me to do this episode, to do this topic, I was lucky enough to do... A workshop with him on Zoom With him and a few other comics uh, Organised by Noah Noah An uh, up-and-coming comedian And Dave Yak impressed me last night Talking on uh, the, the Zoom He had this this premise for a joke I'm not going to say what the premise is But he has a premise for a joke About Philo burgers, And it was fucking great I could not stop laughing When he he told me the bit And uh, I ended up helping him Rearrange the bit To make it as punchy as fuck fo- Punchy as fuck. Um, and so, if you are listening, Dave, that's my advice uh, for your bits, plural. Uh, I'm going to quickly wrap this up before the bird gets out of control. Uh, I haven't got a studio yet, so. And I don't know how to edit. Sue me, alright? Don't listen. Please listen. Please listen. Um, but yeah, hope I've answered uh, any questions. Obviously, uh, we're all in lockdown. And uh, not me. I've still got to work because uh, apparently, cold calling pensioners is is an essential job. But if you do have any inquiries, any questions, uh, just message me, man. I'm happy for a chat. You know, or message other comedians. Form a group chat. Form a Zoom workshop. That's what we're doing, Peanut Gallery. It's a Facebook group for comedians, up-and-coming comedians. Join that shit every Saturday. Shout-outs to Noah uh, for organizing that shit. It uh, just means that we can get on there and just fucking uh, brainstorm some ideas one by one, get to know each other, just see how we're going. We know we're all struggling right now. There's no comedy. I, get, I don't get to see people I see every fucking day, uh, except when they're doing their Instagram Live videos. Um, yeah, fucking reach out, man. Uh, join that group. It's, it's, a, it's a great concept. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much it, I hope you enjoyed this episode, this will probably go up in the next couple of days, today's Sunday, it'll probably go up Tuesday, I'll probably put it up Monday, Tuesday, probably Monday, Um, and then a new episode coming on Friday, I want to try and do two a week while we're in lockdown. Um, Yeah, thanks for watching, if you have watched this video, that's what's up, Uh, if you listened to the audio, that's even better. Uh, Try and share this around to your family, uh, friends, other comedians. Try and, try and get this out there. It would be muchly appreciated by myself if you could share. Subscribe. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's no subscribers. Everyone watched the video, but no one subscribed, uh, which is kind of annoying. Uh, but yeah, share this around. I want this to obviously be successful. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for, for the, the second episode of The Skinny. Uh, coming for you from my bedroom you're um, until then uh, look after yourselves enjoy the episode and uh, I will you'll hear from me in episode three gotcha